Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Joined by my good buddy, Mike Cadlick, and we are going to be kind of recapping the game against the Los Angeles Chargers, where obviously the Patriots got shut out at home for the second time this season. Uh, and not only that, he been out just six points and still didn't get a whole lot from their offense. Uh, but then you got the Steelers, who also had a disappointing loss where they actually admitted that they didn't feel like they took the Cardinals as seriously as they should have. Mike Tomlin didn't agree. Multiple players said that was the case. And not only that, uh, but this is going to be a game for Pittsburgh where both teams are going to be without their starting quarterbacks and their top running backs. I think the uh, over-under for this game is historically low. I believe it's the lowest for any game since like the yeah. 90s. The people were in that game. I think it was the Vance the Bengals. It was like a 7-2 to two game, which I feel like we'll be lucky if we get a score that high. Uh, yeah. But yeah, what are your thoughts heading into this Thursday night matchup? And uh, do you think we could maybe be pleasantly surprised by anything that happens? No, I don't think we're going to be pleasantly surprised by anything that happens. I think it's going to be uh, a typical uh, dull, bleak December football game uh, in Pittsburgh. I guess I, you shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't say that really because a lot of the uh, December games in Pittsburgh against the Patriots have been pretty entertaining. But True. man, no, with the way these two offenses are playing right now, uh, like you said, both quarterbacks, uh, Mac obviously being benched, and now Kenny Pickett being hurt, uh, it's going to be the Zappian. Mitch Trubisky show. And then obviously Ramondre Stevenson news broke today uh, from Adam Schefter that it was a high ankle sprain and he'll likely be out uh, a few weeks was, I believe the quote Schefter used. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me if he's should done be for the, the season. season. Yeah. Exactly. You should just. I feel like we all up. kind of tweeted the exact same thing. At once, yeah. Right? Like, don't bring him back. <laughs> not, yeah. Not no, they, they shouldn't. He's going into a contract year. He's been your best player. You can still uh, keep him healthy, get him healthy into next season. You're not playing for anything like, yeah, I know. And I saw some crazy graphic today that there is a path for the Patriots to get to the postseason. But mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, you're not working towards that. Like, it's just it's it's nearly impossible. So, you know, by the time he gets healthy anyway, enough to play in those, you know, quote unquote, few weeks, the season's mm-hmm. going to be over from a from a, I guess, a goal standpoint anyway. So you should hang him up. And then, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the Steelers, uh, Najee Harris did not practice today for Pittsburgh. So. Uh, they could be without um, their best offensive player as well. They'll they'll lean on Jalen Warren, who I know you you spoke to Jabril Peppers today about uh, Harris and and Warren and just how they've sort of been a one two punch there for the Steelers. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll lean on Warren more, and he'll be able to produce, I'm sure. But uh, Harris is still, I guess, their their de facto number one back. So uh, yeah, the uh, the thirty he probably you know shrunk in more with the uh, with the Harris news and. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would probably take the under, and then I don't think we're going to see see much offensively uh, in this matchup at all on Thursday. I think that's a watch. Could you imagine the uprising if the Patriots were just like, 
F it, we're winning the rest of the season. Yeah. And lost a pick. Like, I genuinely think that would be worse than anything that we have seen so far this year. Um, and you mentioned Jalen Warren. I actually just put a graphic together for my uh, preview for the game, which is going to come out tomorrow. Uh, but it's pretty crazy. So I'm looking right now. Jalen Warren versus Najee Harris. Jalen Warren has not just been the better back in Pittsburgh. He's been one of the better backs in the NFL. He leads the NFL since week nine among backs with 45 rushes in yards per rush, yards before contact per rush, yards after contact per rush, explosive runs, which is 10 plus yards. And he is converted on one third of his carries, like absolutely ridiculous yeah, numbers. Yeah, that's crazy. And unfortunately, right behind him in a lot of those metrics was Ramondre Stevenson, which yeah, kind of Ramondre's, sticks a little bit. I know. And you, you mentioned that and you kind of compare him as a, as a, one of the better backs over the last few weeks. Like Ramonde has really had really started to come into his own. I think he had like over 80, 85 rushing yards somewhere in there over like the last four weeks. He started racking up touchdowns. And uh, I said it before, but he was really the, the the bright spot in this offense right now. I mean, Kendrick Bourne was that early. He gets hurt. Ramondre gets hurt. They're just uh, – look, they're a bad football team. I'm not going to sit here and use the injuries as an excuse for, for the reason the Patriots are 2-10. and 10. But, I mean, you talk about Gonzal- now Gonzalez, Judon, Kendrick Bourne, My, uh, not Miles Bryant, Marcus Jones, uh, and then now obviously Ramondre Stevenson. Like they've been riddled with injuries, and so they can't even look. They're a bad football team, but they also can't get out of their way on the injury front. So uh, y- you talk about winning a couple games here. Like they better not win a couple games here. They kind of just need to get to the finish line here and and keep themselves in that in that prime uh, draft position. Yeah, and actually one of the questions, I think it's a pretty fair thing to bring up real quick because they're not going to have Ramondre Stevenson, but that brings up a lot of question marks. One, they're on a short week, so they're not going to sign a free agent. If they do it all, it's not going to happen this week. Obviously, they're going to Pittsburgh tomorrow. On the roster, they have Jermichael Hasty. Practice squad, they've got Kevin Harris, who has not been elevated yet. We have not heard anything on the Kevin Harris front since training camp, mm-hmm. so – Fair question. We should use Ke- – or I guess comment. We should see Kevin Harris, uh, see what he has. I would agree with that. He's a young yeah. back. I don't understand – unless you really don't trust him and you don't think he's ready. I mean, he played snaps for you last season. So unless he's regressed, I think it's smart to see what you have in him. You have the excuse when you got Mondra and you've got Zeke where, like, from their perspective, it's very clear. Right. I don't think they need anything else. We might disagree on the outside, but it's pretty obvious that that's been their mentality. So you got your Michael Hasty, who's more of like a change of pace receiving back. You know, you look at his scouting report, he's a smaller guy, but he can break some tackles and he is explosive. He's got good burst and he's got some receiving skills. And then Kevin Harris is more your downhill type of, you know, he and Ezekiel Elliott. He could probably be a good backup to Ezekiel Elliott, who's probably going to carry the load. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think is going to happen in the backfield, at least for this week? Yeah, I I I would be shocked if we don't see Kevin Harris elevated here. I think you're right. I think they they should use him um, to kind of spell um, spell Zeke in this in this spot. Uh, you haven't seen what Jermichael Hasty can do for uh, the Patriots anyway. He's yet to play. Ty Montgomery uh, has been active for you know a bunch of these games, but he is again he's like a kick returner, special teamer, kind of wide receiver, running back hybrid. Like he's not a guy that you're gonna sit back there and give 25 carries mm-hmm. or even even 15 carries as a backup to Zeke. Um, so I don't think they're going to trust Montgomery in that backup role. And I don't think they're going to trust or want to use, excuse me, Jermichael Hasty in that role. So I think it makes sense to bring Kevin Harris up a guy. You haven't burned an elevation yet. He's a guy that you kind of wanted to be around here. It was a sixth round pick a couple years mm-hmm. ago, developmental back. 
Uh, the the couple games he played last year, I, I remember one specifically against Arizona. Yes. Uh, I can't remember his stat line off the top of my head, but him and Pierre Strong both kind of ran wild against that Cardinals defense. Um, so he, he's ran well in the preseason. He's sort of fought for a roster spot here the last couple seasons. And uh, this is sort of the perfect time to see what you have in a guy. Uh, it's desperation, and it's kind of desperate times. But if he can come in here and, and you know, show off and break a couple of carries and show that he can be a, a backup running back here, this is kind of the perfect time to see that. So, yeah, I uh, I would be shocked if the, if he's not elevated by uh, by Thursday's game. I hope you're right, man, because one, I, Zeke, the good thing is that he was removed from the injury report, said he was dealing with a thigh, but said he was feeling better. So that's obviously great. But it's a position of attrition. And you see how quickly that can change. So going into the game with run, running back probably wouldn't be the best move. Uh, right. I'm also just curious if we're even going to see Jamichael Hasty because he's been on the roster, but he's been a healthy scratch the entire time he's been here. Again, that could just be because uh, they like the two guys they had. But now the desperation calls, how comfortable are you with the guy who you claimed off waivers ahead of two other teams? But I think it's pretty relevant. We're talking about the running game. So the first one we'll go with. Question about Malik Cunningham. Why did the Pats pay an obscene amount of money to Malik Cunningham as an undirected free agent and not use him? I will say this. Uh, there's no such thing as an obscene amount of money for an undrafted free right, agent. Right, right. Like, you know, we're talking like he's making a little bit more than you would give to a fifth or sixth round pick. So, like, it's nothing that crazy. But I understand the sentiment. Like, he outbid other teams for his services. Why aren't you using him? I believe uh, Sophie Weller reported today uh, that she heard he's been spending time and was told to be ready as both a quarterback and a receiver. Obviously can bring some electricity to your rushing attack, especially with Ramondre gone. You lose a little bit of juice, especially if Hasty doesn't play. Uh, but what do you think about this? Why do you think they haven't been using him? I think you know what my take is, but you know, yeah. I'll let you go first. So uh, when I was sort of reading through the questions here for what we're going to do, and I saw this one, I, I was with you and about the whole obscene amount of money thing because like I, I get I get the sentiment you know you, you shelled out a couple extra bucks for him uh, to get him in the building but I think it was worth it like you got yeah. him here he lured your system uh, yeah you cut him so I mean in theory you didn't pay him that original contract you gave him mm-hmm. you obviously paid him the upfront guarantees but I mean it's not like you paid like if you want to talk about paying guys too much money you look at the Juju Smith-Schuster contract like I don't think the, the Cunningham thing yeah exactly <laughs> like like the Cunningham thing is nothing to me um as far as not playing him I obviously think they should use him um I was shocked last week when Cunningham literally did not play a single snap in that game mm-hmm. after being elevated so you burn an elevation on him you burn a game day roster spot on him and then you don't play him and Belichick a few weeks ago when he was asked about uh, even Tyquan Thornton played one snap and he was asked, why didn't you play Tyquan Thornton? And his answer was, well, he played, he played one snap. And if you, if you garner a game day roster spot, then you are going to play and you're in the game plan. And then not two weeks later, he did the same. He did the exact thing we asked about with Cunningham, but literally didn't play him. So I was shocked they did that. Cause he kind of used that, you know, well, if we, if we use a game day roster spot for you, you're going to play, even if it's mm-hmm. one snap, and he didn't even play one snap. So long story short, uh, they got him in the building. He learned their system. They've cut him twice. He cleared waivers twice. He comes back. Um, at the end of the day, he is, you're right. You know what Sophie said, he's a quarterback. He's a wide receiver. Um, he can be a gadget guy. He's someone who is too athletic to not be at least rostered in the NFL. Um, and I think down the line, whether it's this year or next year, uh, you'll see some Malik Cunningham eventually. So, uh, again, I don't think it's a bad thing that he's here. Like, I, I, I like Malik Cunningham being a New England Patriot. 
Yeah, and I'm not going to act like it's not weird that he didn't play. I think the most likely answer is that it was a goal line package that he was a part of. Right. Because they never got to the red zone, and we never saw him. So it's like, all right, like you said, they burned a practice squad elevation. There's no way there was no plan for him at all. Uh, but it is also kind of weird considering short yardage. You saw, like, they did the tush push. They had to play off the tush push. And it's like, okay, well, you had some specific, like, game plan uh, elements to your short yardage package. A little weird that none of it involved Malik Cunningham, but like we don't know what's going on in their building. And then when you think about like this is why I think he hasn't played. You look at Vegas where, you know, there was the zone read where you don't really know whether, you know, that was partially under Mondre Stevenson, whether it was him. You don't really know all the time like what exactly went wrong. Uh, but every snap he took at quarterback did not go well. I think it was two. And both right. went for negative yardage. Um, and I think it's fair to assume that the game is still very fast for him. You know, he went to Louisville. He was undrafted for a reason. I think he's better as a quarterback, of course, but even when it comes to reads, it seems simplistic. Like you're dealing with NFL speed. This is very different. And yeah, he's been on the scout team and, you know, giving them some different looks, but I just, I I think it's fair to assume that like rookie year, he's trying to get up to date in the system next year, see where he's at, see who's the coach and what offense they're running or whatever. Uh, But yeah, I think it's, you know, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world that we haven't seen a lot of Malik Cunningham because, I think we all expected if you did, it was going to be very limited or it was going to be like an emergency situation. And we haven't quite gotten there yet, which might actually be. Yeah. But again, the only thing. Yeah. And the only thing, again, that, you know, I I already said it, but just to reiterate, like it'd be one thing if he, you know, they paid in the upfront guarantees that, you know, the comments talking about. Um, and then they did cut him. They bring him back, and he was just kind of sitting on the practice squad. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you're you're paying him a normal practice squad rate for a guy who has potential, and you kind of want to develop. But the fact that they signed him once, didn't really use him, didn't seem to like trust him. Did that whole you know back and forth with the with the roster spot, whatever. And then now again, you burn the the burn the elevation, you burn the roster spot for game day, and you still don't use him. It's kind of a, it's like they trust him, and then they get there and they kind of get cold feet with it. So. Yeah, it's yeah. it is kind of a bizarre situation, but nonetheless, I like that he's here. Yeah, and I mean they took a gamble on him, and that's all you right. can do. Oh, speaking of gambling, we've ah. got an ad from our friends over at FanDuel. We'll be back. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. You know it's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math, and I, I know that's a good deal. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call... 1-800-GAM-1234. Questions we had in the chat. So I'm going to make sure to focus on those. If you got them, shoot them. I already saw a bunch that we could address. There's some really good questions. Start with this one. 
How much of our defensive success is Belichick versus talent? If Bill leaves, will we see a huge drop-off in production on defense? I'll just go real quick on this one. I thought what Jabril Peppers said when he was kind of defending Bill Belichick recently was very telling. Yeah, because when it's like when it's offense, like obviously that's a whole can of worms. Belichick builds this team. That is his responsibility. Jabril was adamant that like he's telling us how to win these games. We're not executing well enough. And I still everybody talks about it. Like anybody who's defending and saying Bill should stay in New England. It's he's the smartest coach. No one prepares better. Matt Slater has said the entire season, nothing about him has changed. He's the same guy. He prepares the same way. He still is passionate. Those are the things that make you want to keep Belichick, you know, because he's still obviously one of the smartest people in terms of football on the planet. If you want to go baseline, just because he's seen so much football, but also because of obviously all the other situations he's been in and his ability to adjust and things like that. If he leaves, if the, if the coaching staff stays, I don't think it'll be as significant of a drop-off because there's so much championship-level talent among that coaching staff. Uh, but if he does leave, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's coming up with these plans and is again, seen so much. I do think that you're going to see some type of, you know, uh, uh, a regression in terms of their production on the field and maybe even their preparation because it's not the same guy. You hope that a lot of things carry over, but I do think it's a thing that you have to acknowledge where he is a big reason that they have had the success they've had in the past and this season. The defense hasn't been great, but I don't think there's a lot of times you look at the breakdowns and you're saying, this is Belichick. The pass rush isn't good because they're missing two of their best pass rushes in Judon and who I think is underrated in Equale. And then you're losing your best corner. You have to put JC in and he's been responsible for most of the coverage bus. And Marte Mapu, of course. So it's not like, oh my God, where did the Patriots defense go? I think it's very understandable the areas where they're lacking. And yeah, I, I do think that a huge part of it is Belichick putting these guys in position to succeed. Jabril Peppers is a shining example. Yeah. Freaking Giants had him covering Cooper Cup in man coverage. And Belichick's like, no, 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 no. You're going to play so. If we have you in man, it is going to be very rare. Went longer than I expected. But yeah, I mean, it's why you hate saying that Belichick should be done because there's so much to still like, but at the same time, offensively, roster building wise, I understand why people want to go. Yeah, I'm with you on the um, the fact that yeah, I mean, he clearly puts them in position to win at least defensively. Like, and <laughs> I thought that that was the first time you know I really heard some like candid honesty about you know what Belichick does as a coach was what Pepper said you know just last week when he was like, no, 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 he goes in and tells us every week exactly what's going to happen and we just don't execute it and i don't know if that was from a defense or if that was from an overarching entire game plan you know perspective whether that's both offense and defense but i did find that fascinating the way pepper said that because um again he is he's a defensive genius and he's a he is a great head coach he's arguably the greatest head he is the you know i'm not going to use arguably he's the greatest head coach of all time um Mm. the roster building the general manager uh, you know, skills moves over the last call it decade have been subpar. I would agree that he was sort of saved by by Brady in some instances with that. And I'm not going to get into the whole Brady Belichick thing right now. That's not what this is for. We're talking about the defense. Um, there might be a drop off because of that, because of you know his game planning and scheming and you know the way he acts as a head coach. But um, at the end of the day, they still have the talent. You might see a drop off if you bring somebody else in, but they're still going to be able to work with these guys who you know, are pretty damn good at football. You mentioned Jabril Peppers. If you use them right, Belichick said it yesterday, one of the better safeties in the game. Uh, And at the end of the day, offense is more important. So like, I'm okay with a little bit of a defensive drop-off if your offense improves because right now the offense is abysmal. um, And that sort of needs to be the focus, not the defense. 
Because you can't win a game scoring zero and allowing zero, but you can win a game by scoring 59 when the other team scores 58. Uh, So, yeah, I agree. I like this question, too. Who's the most important re-signing for the Patriots? I haven't seen this question yet. I think it is fantastic. I am not prepared for it at all. But uh, Old Man Mob Mob, uh, in the chat asked me this same question. Uh, This happened last week, too, with somebody else. Old Man Mob asked me this question for my mailbag today on WEI.com. So I can answer it first, and I'll tell you what I what I wrote there. Or should I plug the article? No, I'll give it. Plug it. Give a tease. Give a tease. No, I'll I'll give it to you. Uh, I'm your guest. Right. Uh, I'm here for it. But you can go read oh the rest God. of the mailbag on weei.com, uh, where I answer questions about a potential. I'm going to do a plug here. Potential McDaniel's reunion. <laughs> uh, a couple quarterback questions in the draft. Uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff like that. So go check it out. Weei.com for this question. Who is the most important Patriots re-signing? This offseason, what I wrote and what I think, um, honestly, number one is Kyle Duggar and number two is Hunter Henry, I think. And Hunter Henry is a caveat. I I put a caveat on Henry because – They don't have any tight ends. (laughs) Well, yeah. So they don't have tight ends. They don't have a tight end under contract next season. They need to fill that room. He's a leader. He was voted a captain this season. Um, I think people respect respect and sort of gravitate towards him, you know, in the locker room on the inside. I think he does a good job as a leader. Mm. But, excuse me, he also makes like $15 million a year right now, and that is not how much money Hunter Henry should be making. I do think when he hits the market this season, his number is going to lower significantly. He's going to realize that. If the Patriots can get him at that reset number and the sort of the modest number that they can get him at, then I think he should absolutely be back. I think he's a pretty good tight end, and I think he sort of, um, you know, over overcomes some of his, you know, I guess his poor play, if you will, with being a leader. And then obviously Kyle Duggar. I think Kyle Duggar is going to get, you know, he's going to be one of the higher paid safeties of the offseason, mm. but you have to pay good players in order to keep them. This is the NFL. Guys garner big contracts. If, if you're not going to pay people, you're not going to have a football team, a ball team. And that's kind of where we're at with the Patriots right now. They let guys walk and they don't, you know, pay up. And so that's th- those are my two guys. Is I think Hunter Henry and Kyle Duggar, who the Patriots should read. I would have Duggar's my second, and I think okay. especially because he's going to be cheaper because he's going to be twenty eight or twenty nine next year. Like he's up there in age, so that's going to bring his price down. I think it's a no brainer resigning. Just use him right. right. Stop making him a free safety because you're yeah. limiting his ability to make plays. So if you're going to sign him to a contract use him to his maximum potential. Uh, But the most important has to be for me on Wenu. Yeah, okay, that's true. I I think the right tackle experiment, maybe we're starting to see why he's a guard and why the Patriots are hesitant to put him out there because he didn't face a lot of really good edge rushers when he moved. But now – Faces Khalil Mack. And the one sack yeah. he gave up, I'll give him the caveat of like he was laid out of his stance. So it wasn't really a fair fight. Um, but he's going to face TJ Watt this week. So we're going to get a real – like when negotiations are happening and it's okay, what's my – what is contract going to look like? It's like, hey, remember these two games where you played two Yeah, what did you do against – in two weeks in a row against Khalil Mack and TJ Watt? Like Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, and it's a, it's a Kyle yeah. Duggar situation where like these are great players who can do other things. Like, yes, Kyle Duggar – can play free safety you know he can uh do some of the things that are outside of where you'd really like to see him mike and can play tackle these guys are best used inside (laughs) kyle duggar down low inside mike and guard 
Obviously, it makes the offseason a little more intimidating, knowing that you've got to get two tackles. Uh, but, I mean, if you want to have your best offense, I don't think it's with Mike and Wenu playing outside. Uh, I think you put him in his natural position and just actually get tackles for the first time. I mean, Trent Brown, obviously, they haven't had a right tackle since Mac Jones was drafted. Uh, so, you know, I right. think that's a pretty big position they should probably address. So Mike and Wenu, very top of my list, especially as a guy who's been relatively healthy, one of your most consistent players. He doesn't really have bad games. He has struggles, but you're never like, whoo, Mike and when he was getting cooked. Like, yeah, he'll rebound. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. So I could go on and on about him, but yeah, Mike and when he was at the top of my list. All right. Do you see the Patriots replacing Troy Brown as wide receivers coach? We've talked about this, but I feel like yeah. after last week, we had even more kind of fuel for this. But Yeah, uh, Look, Tribal Patriots legend. Like, he's one of the best wide receivers that's come through the building. Um, he has a lot of, you know, respect in this area. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just don't think he's a great wide receivers coach. Like, yep. you know, the, the way he kind of talks and says some things, it's kind of like, yeah, I just kind of let those guys out and go play. And I know that's not really what he does. I think he does sort of the toe the company line, Bill Belichick, speak with the media type thing and doesn't want to give all the answers. But, I mean, look, like, They've brought in guy after guy after guy here over the last X amount of years with Troy Brown as the wide receivers coach, and they don't look good. They don't develop. They don't run their routes properly. Their timing is off. They're running into each other. Like, it's just in, in an offense that is so predicated on, you know, three-step, bang, five-step, this window is going to be here right now if it's not their move. Like, it's just so – it has to be so perfect and precise in order to succeed in this offense. And the fact that the wide receivers are like either slow out of their routes or, you know, pitter, 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 patter at the top of stuff. Like it's just, it's so, you know, we saw that clip of Taekwon a few weeks ago. Like it's just, it's so the, the development of wide receivers here has been so bad under Troy Brown. And I just think that, look, I think the old offensive staff is going to be gone. I'm at this point, I'm expecting a full reset. So, I don't think it's going to have to be a decision of, well, everybody's here. You got to let Troy Brown go. I think everybody's going to be gone. That will include include Troy. But uh, long story short, yeah, I, I I don't think Troy Brown could or realistically should be the wide receivers coach here next season. So we talked about this. I asked Tyquan Thornton last week, what's going on with the route running? Because, yeah. you know, I tried to find the nicest way of saying it. it looks like you've been really slow out of your routes. It's like, you know, are you given the freedom to, you know, set up the fenders at the top? What's going on? And he said, yeah, like we're given a lot of freedom off the line at the top. You know, he said he was trying to use his speed to his advantage and all these things. And I'm like, for an offense that doesn't have consistent pass protection and a lot of inexperienced receivers, the last thing you should be doing is giving these guys a lot of freedom. And you saw it, like where Bailey Zappi doesn't, you know, part of that is just on Zappi. Like, I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, it's just an experience. Because at some point as a receiver, like, you got to have confidence. You got to let it go. There was the one at Juju um, where he took, like, three hitches. And Juju's mm-hmm. open the whole time for a conversion off third down. And you're like, dude, throw now. Throw the ball. Throw, yeah. Okay, he didn't throw it out, but throw now. Like, right. for, had five seconds. Things like that the quarterback needs to do better. But you also see, like, the whip route where Taekwon is taking forever. And you see, it's like, I understand why Bailey doesn't know when to throw the ball. Right. These guys don't know when he's going to get out of his routes. And I keep picking on Taekwon and I feel terrible 
obviously I was excited when he was drafted. I'm rooting for him as a human being, but as a player, he is so frustrating. And I have to constantly remind myself, like separate the two. (laughs) Like, you know, this is just a guy trying to do his job who maybe isn't being well-prepared. And then you got Devontae Parker, the play where the end around to Taekwon is best play maybe as a Patriot. And Devontae Parker stops blocking to celebrate. It's like this isn't a guy who just broke into open space and is going for a touchdown. He's got a lot of room to go. What are you doing? Yeah, get down there and and throw another shoulder into somebody. And even last season with Jacoby, I remember watching, and I thought it was just Patricia, but I'm like, Jacoby is freelancing a little too much. And freelancing Mm -hmm. could be taken on a, you know, that could be extrapolated pretty significantly. But I think it was pretty obvious that towards the top route, you saw him do it. Like the foot fire thing a yep, lot yep. more. Where Trying to like give a Mc... head nod and yeah. Right. And under, you know, under McDaniels and uh, Lombardi, it was a little more tight. Like you could see you're not trying to just shake them. It's like, no, you win with physicality at the top. You win by threatening with speed, attacking angles. You don't do the right. foot fire thing because it doesn't work in the NFL. It's timing. The pass protection doesn't hold up as well because you're facing some of the best pass rushers in the world. And advanced corners especially, you get to that third step at the top of your route – they have a pretty good idea of where you're going. And if they don't, it, it probably recover because you're just sitting right. on it. So, you know, it's the same thing with Belichick. You always throw in the caveat of Patriots legend. I have a ton of respect for him. I love what they do. But even less than Bill Belichick, who obviously is very well established, I have never seen any evidence that Troy Brown is elevating the receiver room. And I think the development is a huge part of it. And that's the thing with the entire team. Especially with offense. I'm not going to say the team, but the offense where the lack of development has been right. staggering. We always joked about a West Wel- – or not necessarily West Welker because he was a free agent. But, you know, you joke about like a Julian Edelman is the poster child. And then J- J- uh, Jacoby Myers of you bring these guys in late and you can still find out where they fit and, you know, bring the best out of them. And we haven't seen that. Demario Douglas has been running bad routes all season. Every single week you see like – why would he do that? And it's yeah. repeat errors, despite the fact that all the reports, and this is a smart kid who's really, you know, he works hard and all these things. It's like, so why is it not working? Kayshawn Booty can barely get on the field. And when he does, there's no impact in a season where you should probably be seeing what you've got in your young guys. So it's really frustrating because you mm-hmm. want to root for these guys. You want to see them succeed. But the wide receiver position has been Awful. Kendrick and then, is the only one who's been good, and he works his butt off. It feels like that's a very independent thing. Yeah. And I'll no, I'll just add one thing quickly from this past Sunday. The one route that Taekwon actually looked pretty good on, he stand up the corner, he beat him inside, beat him back outside. Bailey hits him in the hands, and he drops it. So it's like, you, you know, he finally runs a pretty good route and dusts a guy, and kind of uses that speed to his advantage, and then he can't haul it in. So it's just if it's not one thing, it's the other. And yeah, the whole the whole yes. room is in a tough spot right now. Took the words out of my mouth. If it's not one thing going wrong with this offense, it's usually something else. Right. I'm going to take a breather because that was a lot. I'm sweating. I'm, <laughs> I'm off there. Uh, we're going to throw it to our friends at SeatGeek to answer a couple more of your questions. We'll be back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm going to do a more fun question this time around. Jaden Daniels, top 10 pick? Yeah, probably. I think he's uh, 
I think he's moving his way into that. I think quarterbacks fly up the board. Like um, th- their value is always, you know, continues to increase. He'll probably have a really good pro day because he's a really good athlete, similar to like what Anthony Richardson did last year. And I'm not going to, I'm not, Anthony Richardson had probably the best pro day from a quarterback I've ever seen. Um, so I'm not going to say J- Jaden Daniels is going to go in there and, you know, do anything like that. But um, I think he'll impress. I think he'll say all the right things. He's an older guy. So people will like to see that sort of, the experience he's had both at Arizona State um, and then at LSU as well. Um, and they'll just look back at the tape. He'll win the Heisman, you know, all that stuff. He's probably going to win the Heisman on Saturday night. Um, and I do, I think he'll end up, he'll wind up being a top 10 pick, whether it be, um, you know, a trade up or a team that kind of takes, takes a shot on a guy. Um, it's probably in my book right now. I know it's early. It's only, only December 5th, but Caleb Drake may, and then Jaden Daniels is my third guy. Um, and then it's a little more of a drop off to like Penix and Bonix. So um, I do. I think his his value is going to skyrocket once the season ends and once he gets going on the uh, the recruiting tour, if you will, uh, the pro recruiting tour. And I think he ends up as a top ten pick. Yeah, when I watch him, like I haven't gotten too deep any of these quarterbacks. Like all twenty two this time of year is pretty hard to find, and it's not really fair to judge quarter unless it's like really really good or really really bad. Yeah. It's hard to judge quarterbacks without being able to see what are they seeing, like how are the safeties reacting, yeah, I would what agree. was the concept, all those things. That said, watching Jaden's highlights, I was just like, he doesn't seem like he's running because he's like panicking. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's really going through his reads, doesn't like what he's seeing, and then runs. I want to say responsibly. He does not run responsibly once he breaks the pocket because he forgets that, like, you know, you shouldn't be exposing yourself to so much physical uh, torment. But I think his decisions to run are pretty smart. And I know yeah. Matt Miller released today, like he's the best deep ball passer in college football. Something like 20 touchdowns and zero interceptions this year, something crazy oh, like wow. that. Yeah. So like the yeah, like nuts. The best deep ball thrower in the class, which you got that. You got the explosive running ability. You've got the history of getting better every season. And then anybody that I've listened to or spoken to who really knows their stuff has all been like, yeah, Jaden Daniels is flying up boards. Brett yeah. Coleman was saying last week he came on the show. Watch that episode he had. It's really fun. Um, he was saying like, yeah, Jaden Daniels is going to be a top 10 pick. I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, I, he he's a quarterback who's talented. He's a dual threat. Why in the world would a team wait until out of the yeah, top 10 to take a guy like that? And then I know um, uh, the athletic um, – oh, my God. I don't know. Dane Brugler. Yes, Dane Brugler. Yes, fantastic. Just brain fart. Uh, yeah, he and Nate Tice were saying like, yeah, this is a guy where last year I wasn't so sure I had him in like the top 30, 35-ish. And now it's like, yeah, no, this guy has been way too explosive. You just <laughs> – can't ignore talent like this um i saw a mock draft a couple like last week i think uh that had the patriots taking him at the third pick Mm. before drake may it was caleb at one drake may or Jaden at three after marvin harrison and then drake drake Uh after so Mm -hmm. i mean look he he's he's gonna shine he's gonna he's i don't know if he's gonna play an lsu's bowl game but um, he, he had a hell of a season and he, he deserves to be one of the top five quarterbacks, no doubt in this class, but you mentioned too, the deep ball throwing and just his, uh, his success this season. I mean, he has, uh, Malik neighbors, one of the best, uh, wide receivers in football or in college football. He's probably going to win the Blitnikoff. So like, um, again, I just, you, you need to surround him with talent. Once he gets here, mm-hmm. Mac Jones was the same thing. He, he had Devonte Smith and, uh, and Jalen Waddle, I believe, yeah. running wild when he was at Bama. Mm-hmm. And like then you brought him here and he didn't develop and you saw what happened. So yeah, Jaden Daniels can be great. Um, and I'm not gonna, you know, I, I do this and I 
kind of try and find the negative here, but like you gotta, you know, develop with him where yeah. you didn't do that with Mac Jones. So yeah, I like I like Jane Daniels. Long story short, he's gonna be gonna be a top ten pick in my opinion. Yeah, and surrounding guys with talent, like unless you got an Andrew Luck, that's kind of the name of the right. game. It's like at the very least, like make sure they're not getting like hit all the time like a Bryce Young. And also make sure they've got somebody to throw to who's that true alpha where you know they get used to the game and they get up to speed, but they need a binky. Like every guy who's right. in his first year in the league needs some more. It's like, yeah, I kind of panicked. I missed my first read. This isn't smart, but I'm going to throw it up to you and I'm just going to see what you can make happen. Well, and that's why, like, yeah, I, I understood the Panthers trading up from nine to one last season to go get their quarterback and Bryce Young that they wanted. But you should have found a different way to not have DJ Moore go in that trade because you traded their number one wide receiver. So you bring him in and then you have no one to throw to. And yeah, they signed Thielen, who's been pretty good, but after the ghost him, of Adam Thielen. <laughs> yeah. And he has been that security blanket for Bryce Young. And he's had a good season, yeah. but why would you get rid of DJ Moore? Like mm-hmm. that's just like that is just the backwards way of you know doing business with a quarterback. So if the Patriots have to, oh, I guess it doesn't matter because they don't have really have anyone like DJ Moore. <laughs> but uh, long story short, you need you need those guys around. Yep. All right. Last question before we get out of here. Give us your perfect yet realistic offseason free agency in the draft. Now, I'll take this one first because it's kind of a big question. Um, yeah. I'm not going to give a lot of specific names because I haven't done my homework on these things. We're very much in the midst of the season. There's not a lot of time to do that. I will say the Patriots get a top three pick. And they understand that the teams kind of in that area want to take a Marvin Harrison, a Roma Dunze, uh, a tackle, one of the generational tackles. I think it is almost irresponsible if you don't try to get more capital. When you have a pick that high, and I would say four quarterbacks in Penix, Daniels, May, and Williams, who are legitimately good, like top, you know, I guess uh, – Penix is different because the injury history, there's some accuracy concerns in terms of consistency, but you've got good prospects. And I think this team has so many holes. You can have your cake and eat it too, where you get your quarterback and maybe you pick up an extra a second or a third or something else just to help round out your team. Because again, that's such a valuable, valuable pick. Um, so I'd like to see them trade back, get their quarterback like a Jaden Daniels, even if it's the fifth pick to somewhere they feel comfortable. Then, I think you got to either sign a tackle or double dip a tackle. My whole thing is restock the defense in free agency. Maybe like, you know, a piece or two, yeah. like if you like a corner, an edge rusher, a safety, somewhere like that, like the fourth to fifth round range, that's totally fine. Uh, but I think, you know, you have all this money, just bolster your defense because you really need a free safety. I think you need a number one corner. Gonzalez is your guy. Uh, but right now you're not a team that has a ton of pass rush talent, as we've seen this season. Like Judon goes down and it kind of disappears, even though Barmore is doing his best. So I think that you use those to kind of round out that unit, make sure that your rookie quarterback has, you know, a good backing. Because this defense, they're not perfect, but I think they're clearly very competitive and they're good for the most part outside of, you know, a couple – Bad apples isn't really the fair term, but right. that's pretty much the idea. And then in the draft, that's where you get your a couple tackles. You get your weapon in like the third, fourth round, and you get your quarterback. Those are some of the highest paid positions in football. That way, sure, you're paying a lot of money to defenders. But when you talk about like cornerbacks and safeties, situational pass rushers, they're not making that much money. So you can pay them top dollar for their positions, but still, if you're talking about you know paying all the again the quarterback, receiver, and left tackle. I think are the top three. I think edge rusher may be third in there. Yeah. But those are the guys that ask for all the money. 
Um, I'd love to see them get like a Mike Evans or a Michael Pittman or a T Higgins as well. Like a veteran who, you know, is going to come on the field and bring legitimacy and be able to uplift that room. Uh, But I really think that outside of receiver, I would say that the draft needs to be restocking the offense, get a couple solid developmental pieces and role players on defense, but just spend in free agency on that veteran wideout or weapon, whoever that is, and then just get the defensive positions where you've had some uh, bad luck in terms of injuries or just awkward scheme fits. All right, Taylor, here we go. I was thinking about it as you went, and I like that they wrote yet realistic in the question. Mm-hmm. Um, this might sound unrealistic to some people, but I think everything that I'm going to say is on the table for this offseason. So um, it is a little far-fetched, and I don't think all of them will hit, but here's my dream scenario for the Patriots. They fall, and they end up with the first overall pick. They don't have to trade. They don't have to um, you know, trade up if they want a quarterback and you know, play that whole deal. Um, mm-hmm. You trade Bill Belichick for a mid first round pick. I don't think that's impossible. I think you could get a first back for bill. He's a hot commodity. It, it again, it might be unrealistic to some of you, but I think this is what you do. So you follow the first pick, you trade Belichick for a first. Now you have two first round picks as well as pick 33 mm-hmm. with the first pick. You take Caleb. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, then you hire Eric Bieniemy as your head coach. Ah, okay. You draft, you draft Caleb Williams. At one, uh-huh. you draft a tackle at the mid first round pick, and then mm-hmm. you draft whatever wide receiver falls at pick 33. Then in free agency, you reload the defense, you sign Michael Pittman, and then you cook with gas. You have Eric Bieniemy running his Kansas City system with Caleb Williams. You have a tackle that you can build around in the mid-first round. You sign another tackle. You draft one later. You bring in a second weapon on the free agent mar- or on the um, in the draft at pick thirty-three, and then there you have it. You're cooking. That's my dream scenario. It's 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 a dream. It might be far-fetched, but I don't think it's impossible that some of those things happen. That was especially impressive on the fly. Well done, my friend. Oh, thank you. Well thank done. you. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've, I've always well, – I, I dream of that Kansas City system with Caleb Williams, <laughs> and I just think that him and enemy together would be so perfect. So that's – I kind of used – it was on the fly a little bit, but I kind of used that from the back of my head as well. So, so anytime you just see Mike sitting there, just insert dream bubble with the Arrowhead logo with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, correct. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, buddy. We're going to get out of here. But first and foremost, please tell the people where they can find your fantastic work. I'm sure they know where they can find it, but let them know what you got coming out in addition to the teaser you gave earlier, which I'm also very excited to check out. Sure. Yeah. So WEI.com, obviously follow me on on Twitter at Adlick. You get all my uh, lovely Patriots takes there. Um, and then what do we got coming this week? We got, uh, sorry, I'm losing you. Do you you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. But I can't tell if you hear me, but (laughs) I got my matchups coming down the pipe. 10 players to watch everything on WEI.com. So make sure. Uh, you can check it out and read it all over there. 
Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Appreciate all you at home watching. Make sure to look out for Mike's stuff. I got some stuff coming down the pipeline as well. So just make sure to keep it locked. Also, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. 